0: hello everyone welcome to the desolation sounds podcast my name is stephen hook and this is a podcast celebrating everything to do within the world of alternative music be that rock punk metal or extreme metal coming up on this week's show uh mm, a a sad news actually a bunch of sad news but there are some other things as well i've made that very vague uh basically talking about sepultura a little bit of static static x and dope uh conjuring palm reader and the rock and metal community lost two big names this week, so briefly mention them as well. In terms of album reviews this week, we've got Black Futures, Corn, Microwave, and Tiny Moving Parts. On the music side of things, it's been a fucking good week. Um, but let's start with the news. Sepultura appear to have, well, have actually done the thing and announced their next album coming out for early 2012. It's going to be called Quadra. I've initially read that as quadra and thought this is going to be easy. Quadra, it probably means something in Portuguese. Um, Very little is um, known at this point. It's literally just excuse me, I am dying, I'm drinking a lot of orange juice. Very little is known just an early uh, early 2020 release and I'm just trying to see what number of album it's because Separatura will be going a jolly old long time. It'll be album number fifteen from the Brazilian groove metal natives. Is that right? I'm not sure, that's right. I've just got back from the gym. I'm very very tired, and I've also had work. That's why I'm very tired. Oh, there we go. Quadra, among other things, is the Portuguese word for sport court. That that by definition is a limited area of land with regulatory demarcations, where according to a set of rules the game takes place. So quadra, basically the new Sepultura album is going to be called. Football pitch. Um, again, early 2020. That's all that's being confirmed at the moment. Uh, slightly weirder news-ish. Static X. Um, a, well, the American industrial new metal band that was that got mildly big in the midst of all that new metal stuff back in today. day. Um, they've been going around after lead singer Wayne Static passed away with a new frontman and they've been very much aware or like trying to push the uh I can't think of the word but push the commentary that there is a it's not meant to replace Wayne it's more they they are still musicians they still write music together and it just happens to be they've got this new guy in to sing Wayne's old parts and carry on as normal which would be fine, and it is fine, but it's a bit weird that they've had him dress up like Wayne. Like the first uh, example that came to my head was AC/DC. You know, Bon Scott passed away, and they eventually get Brian Johnson in, and you know, Bon Scott was Bon Scott, Brian Johnson was Brian Johnson. This new guy, which is so far just called Zero. It has a weird, weird mask that kind of looks like something between Kane from WWE two thousand three and Slipknot, and it's got like all the fun spiky hair that Wayne had back in the day, and yeah, it's just a little—it's—it's it's a little odd. You—you you, you could have just replaced him with someone. I know the, the name of the man is White Static X, and he was called Wayne Static yada yada, but you know, I think it would have been less weird if you just did this. But either way. Uh, according to Metal Sucks, via the the modicum of neck tattoos, people are guessing, or people are inspecting that it has very similar neck tattoos to one Edzel Dope from Dope. I, that actually is a name, fuck's sake. I really hope it's not as rude. I mean, just another, again, why are these people calling their names after their bands or bands after the names? It's, it's silly. So, yeah, not only the fact that he's got very similar neck tattoos from below the mask. Um, dope are also on every uh, Static X tour date. And as MetalSucks points out, very similar way to how Black Label site used to be on every OZFest because... I forgot his name, Zach Wild. There we go. So, yeah, if anyone still cares about Static X or Dope, I quite liked Dope back in the day, so that's why it's here. Um, that's some news for you. It's it's the '90s I love again. How lovely. Um, in less weird kind of. It's a Christmas thing. I'm, you know, I'm not a fan of that. Is it Christmas? Someone told me it's a Christmassy. Hmm. It's an early Christmas present, we'll say. Condra and Palm Reader are collaborating together to do a split covers EP thing. So. It's gonna be two songs each from post-metal, sludgy Brawls Conjurer, and very, very, very good hardcore punkers. Uh Palm Reader. Conjurer are tackling Slipknots Vermilion and Mastodon's Blood and Thunder. I actually cannot fucking wait to hear them try and do Blood and Thunder. I think that'll be excellent. And Palm Reader are covering Tire Me by Rage Against the Machine and Circles by Thrice. Um, it's coming out. It was, uh, shipping commences 13th December. Um, it's a really cool idea. I like these. You don't know, you really see splits that often like bigger name bands, although I'd say they're still bigger bands. I know they've got. I think they were both a part of the Black Pete store that um, briefly got cancelled because of Will's uh, illness. So I think there's a fun little way that they can recoup some of that money. I know i'll be buying it so yeah support support these little i hate to say little bands but in the grand scheme of things compared to other bands they, they kind of are purely because i get as i think i mentioned last week the alt scene has less money because life's not fair but yeah i can i again i cannot wait to hear conjurer try and do blood and thunder i think that's going to be sweet and the onto the very very sad news um Larry Youngstrom, the founding member and bass player of Leonard Skinner and our 38 special has passed away, as has, um, Cream drummer Ginger Baker, and I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know a great deal about Cream or Leonard Skinner, other than the fact that there are a lot of bands that are out there, a lot of bands that I listen to that probably wouldn't exist were it not for at least one of these bands, um, even if it's the people who inspired them were inspired by were inspired by were inspired by, uh, Cream and Linda Skinnard. "Sunshine of Your Love" is still. It gets played everywhere, and it's a sort of song that has defined. It's just surpassed generations. Um, the fact that it got introduced, it was on some so modern like, Guitar Hero and. Um, you know from there I've become aware of the song it gets passed down through like rock nights and that kind of thing it's always a big um, cover song for like local rock acts and for Lennon Skinner Sweet Home Alabama is still a huge song for them and yeah like I said I'm not going to pretend I know a great deal about Cream or Lennon Skinner but I do know their importance on the music scene as a whole so it's very very sad news, um, it was reported last week that Ginger was unwell as well um, and as for Jönström the announcement was just the big man on the big base has left us. So thoughts and if you are so inclined prayers definitely go out to members of their respective families and their respective bands again tragic shame but tis life isn't it? tis life let's cheer ourselves up with some jolly good music we'll start with well mm, jolly might not be the right word let's just start with some good music shall we we'll start with black futures and their debut album never not nothing they are from london and if you're gonna like pigeonhole it i kind of Called this Electropunk. There's a lot lot going on. Which I'll get to in a second. So I initially became aware of Black Futures. When they were initially known as Subsource. Way back in the day. And uh, They had a song called Chemicals. On a Metal Hammer. Compilation. And it was a fucking great song. I'm sad it's not on Spotify. And they also. If you are a fan of Bake Off. Which I know I am. If you remember the year that Nadia won it season six and the guy called Stu who got eliminated in the first week he used to be in Subsource and in Black Futures which I found out about three weeks ago and I completely blew my tiny little mind because it's weird when two worlds like that collide for me um it is as I said it's a pigeonhole that this is electropunk but there's so much more going on it's an elaborate collection of noise and sounds, which is what music is um, you've got Big Beat in there. You've got rap, hip-hop, uh, punk, metal, alt-rock, industrial. It's a very dark, depraved state of affairs. And, excuse me, the chaotic, round of music at times feels very doomsday You know, look at the um, shouted chorus to love or, like, the drop in body and soul. It's just... It's just a angry, angry music, which for for me, who's very not with it for electronic music, it does. It's odd finding alter, um, alternative electrical music these days. but well, at least for me, you've got both these songs who or that are very abrasive on the vocal and musically, it's just this twisting mesh of various electronica, and you know, it's a. As different as it is for me, it's fucking great. Uh, lyrically as well, if you pay attention to them, they, they just fucking doom and gloom as shit, yo. Uh, TV was the lead song that I've been listening to in the weeks coming up. I think it was the lead... I don't... Mm, they've released a few songs. I try to stay away from singles nowadays, but Me TV popped up and I've really got into that. It's a great little... Um, it's very, very... It's got a commercial appeal, that song, which is why songs like that are great for albums like this because you get, uh, a more mainstream or commercial audience in for something that's super, super different. Um, the song to me, and it's hard to find lyrics or meetings anywhere online at the moment cause they are debut album. They're quite a small band at the moment. To me, the song is all about how like regimented society is. And at times, um, we have like fruitless attempts of people trying to deviate from that norm. And, you know, the bridge alone is fucking depressing. Because um, it's just a breakdown of how being unique and being different against quote unquote the man is now so normal that it's not really counterculture anymore. And you wouldn't be able to do these sort of things and rebel against the system and this sort of thing were it not for the fact that of all these things that's been in place by society. Over the years, which, you know, fucking cheers lads, I needed a, an existential crisis to start my day. I say start, it's nine o'clock at night, but you know, just, you know. Um, youth man, a lot easier to digest because it's just a lyric of blame it on the youth man repeated, which is a lot easier to take in than trying to dissect the fact that even though we're trying to be edgy and cool, everyone else is trying to be edgy and cool and you're not different, which... As someone who's a six foot four emo, I take high offence. There's kind of two sides to this album throughout it. You know, you've got the you've got the songs side of thing, which kind of took me a little bit by surprise. Excuse me. Um, you know, they have a lot of it's energetic alt rock that can get them that wide ranging appeal. As dark and depraved as Me TV is, that chorus does just fucking so well that. Potentially bringing in a bigger crowd. Tunnel Vision is probably the best example of this, like fast paced um, electro commercial rock. Um, You know, fast paced, sort of the lungs of. I used Ruben and Green Day as an example, period, because they are very different kinds of bands, but they did get. Both of them did get very good at those fast paced kind of rock songs, like you get your head bopping and you have a good time sometimes. Um, so it's that mixed with like a weird poppy younger brother of Ministry, which is a sentence or description I never thought I would say. Karma, uh, you Dear, kind of has like this uh, Linkin Park vibe to it, and Riches starts off with this big like shoegazy kind of feel, and then second half of the song uh, where she's like it, like a weird post-apocalyptic radio station, and just bursts into this like huge rock song and it kind of reminds me in structure not sound but kind of reminds me in structure of brutus the way they especially on song what was at war starts off so eclectic and so like um ethereal and it explodes into this big punk rock anthem kind of sort of thing on riches um and the other side of all that the Big songs, sort of stuff, is this more aggressive electronicus uh, music, which I feel it's got a lot of prodigy worship in there. Um, the Doomsday songs I mentioned before, so love and body and soul. You've also got the two hit combo of gutters and trance. They both just fucking slam you, especially that beat on gutters. It's like at first I want to describe it as when you have ska or reggae, that kind of like scratching guitar part. It's just that, but a bit more pulsating-y. It's hard to describe. It's just... It's very off-balancing, I think. That's not the right word at all, but... I can't think of the proper word. We'll go with off-balancing. It's just, you know... Just something else that's different. And it's just... It's just, at times, an abrasive and sometimes um, disorientating disorientating kind of sound and all i found this album very okay not it, that i found it bad which is you know two statements that are weird i find electronic music very difficult on record um I, I find it quite repetitive it's sometimes quite one-dimensional and overall it's not for me which is why i aim this podcast at like alternative music and why i mostly listen to alternative music um, live, it's usually great fun, and my own experience of like live ish electronic music is nightclubs, admittedly. But even in that setting, when you just got some ponce on Spotify pretending that he's a DJ, you, know, like, you can have a good time with it all, depending on like what kind of electronic music it is. Um, with this being, it's a very electronic heavy. Kind of albums, kind of album. Sorry, and the parts I enjoyed the most are when the like rockier, punkier, metaler side of things start seeping through. Um, and I'm really intrigued to see the crossover appeal in this. Um, I feel like it hits hard enough to be this gen- a contender for this generation's Prodigy, and I think by that you can get like the way Prodigy used to play download and like command a predominantly rock and metal audience to their whim, I think Black Futures have that capability to sort of take over that reign, as it will. Um, While still being, this is still affirmatively an electronic album. So, yeah, I'm quite intrigued to see the crossover, and I'm also hoping to see them at the 2Q Festival. They come and play Lincoln. Uh, 2Q, if you're unaware and you're local to Lincoln, it's happened in Derby as well. It's a multi-venue, one-day festival. Uh, for example, you'll have like smaller acoustic sets in the student bar, in like the on-campus student bar. You'll have slightly bigger things in the uh, student sports bar and you'll have acts throughout the throughout the city playing. You know, our, I think our biggest venue there is the Engine Shed. You've got the Engine Shed, you'll have um, the Drill Hall, the Swan Pub, the Jolly Brewer Pub, you know, and I'm hoping. I reckon Black Futures are commanding enough that they will get onto an Engine Shed, and I think it will work really well because, again, that crossover between being edgy and angry enough to be to command a rock audience, whilst also being electronic to bring in a more Commercially viable audience, I'm intrigued. I'd like to go see him. Definitely think you should too. Um, the album is called Never Not Nothing. The band is called Black Futures. It's a debut album, and yeah, if you are usually a bit iffy with electronic music, I'd say give this a good old bash because there's still enough in there. It is, again, it is a very electronic album, but there's still enough in there to enjoy if you like your more guitar-based music. So Second album of the week, then we're going to go to. Slowly becoming a, a favourite of mine. We're going to go to Corn for staggeringly their 13th album. It's not often you get to go into double digits bands these days. Um, Bakersfield, California Natives, they are probably like the only band from that original era still playing new metal. Their next album is called The Nothing. And it is the follow-up to 2016, The Serenity of Suffering. So I got into Corn properly about the time of Corn through. Remember who you are, and I remember it being received as a bit of a mixed bag. While it was seen as like their best album since Take a Look in the Mirror, it still wasn't quite top tier. It was more good in comparison than good, if that makes sense. Um, personally, I thought it was. I enjoyed it as a first foray into the band. Um, I think Oildale and Let the Guilt Go still hold up quite well. And, yeah, they're always a the band that I was aware of beforehand Anyways, You know, you got songs like um, Blind, I had a friend introduced me to a song called Right Now. you got Did My Time. Um, I've got the song playing in my head but I can't think of the actual chorus. It's the animated I can see the music videos, the weird animated one where the kids are playing hopscotch off a cliff and the police officer accidentally shoots them. Why can I not think what that song's called? You and I were meant to be something takes Is it something takes part of me? <sighs> Falling away from me Freaking Oh anyway, all these songs, very good. I knew I knew about corn before, okay? That's what I'm trying to say here. Fuck. Um from Corn from 3, I I actually really enjoyed The Path of Totality, although I will concede it has not aged very well at all. Um, I listened back to a couple of songs whilst writing this, and yeah, dubstep was very much dead, isn't it? Um, and a follow-up to that again, The Paradigm Shift, I thought was great. Not many people talk about that album that much. I really, really enjoyed it. And it's before Serenity where everyone was like, oh, they're back to form because they're back being darker and spookier. I'm like, fucking paradigm shift, mate. Um, and, on, and with Serenity suffering, despite that shift in tone, and it was going a little bit darker, a little bit heavier in places, I just thought it was okay. You know, I still prefer a paradigm shift that the darker edge of Corn Sound has bled into nothing. But it's hard to tell whether or not that was a conscious decision by the band or not because during the run-up to the band sorry to the album's recording lead singer jonathan davis lost both his mother and his wife in separate incidents making this a just a madly emotional album um you know you look at the ends to the intro track the end begins and on you'll never find me you've got um davis Just crying and breaking down during the recording. Say throwing a tantrum respectfully. Because he's just fucking losing his shit. And when that happens on You'll Never Find Me. It's particularly chilling. Because among other things. It's layered with the vocal line on the top of I'm not doing fine. Just repeating over and over and over again. And on the song Finally finally Free. It's just all about him talking about his mother and his wife passing away so it's a difficult when you like look in look into the album look into the content become like quite difficult to listen to and i think for davis itself it must it was it must have been a very difficult album for him and he said during the writing of it that um it almost became therapeutic because it was a way that he could get those feelings out there um in the way that he was comfortable with so you know fair fucks to him even even today and the kind of world that we're moving into, I still think is ballsy. I'm very, very brave of him to be this open. You know, he's always been a man to wear his heart on sleeve, especially in his music. But fucking goddamn, I froze up recently in an interview that I had because someone asked me a question about me instead of professional me. So there's. That side of things, and you got someone like Jonathan Davis who's saying, "Yeah, my life is so fucking shit right now," and just bleeding it all out. So, just fucking yeah, good as to him. I, I hope it helps. I think what was the album last week, "Virginity," where he uh, mentioned then that he used music as like a way of therapy, and I hope it worked for him, and I hope it worked for Jonathan. The riff work from. Uh, Head and Monkey is just astounding on this to talk about like the musical side of things. Um, at times, the eerie, heavy, psychedelia stuff from the '90s bleeds in, and then it's interspersed with these modern, like bouncy riffs that like, gent bands have been trying to do for years and do it badly. The fucking the main riff from Idiosyncrasy is just filth, just a dirty, dirty filth. Uh, in- Idiosyncrasy, Ah, there's an extra N in there, wasn't there? Fuck it, i will move along. That song, along with Harder, which is spelt like an asshole, I'm sorry, it just is. Um, Those are the songs that absolutely hit the hardest, and I think hanging out with Corey Taylor on Serenity of Suffering may have had more of an impact than we first realised, because those songs tickle the bollocks of what Slipknot have been doing for the past few years. That breakdown on Harder just fucking rips and it peters off into like a drum and bass beat from Ray Lucia with various eeriness and like weird noises from the other three. Just, just having a laugh. But I couldn't stop listening to that little drum and bass bit because it's just, it sounds really impressive, which I know is like a really dumb thing to say considering like It's Ray Lucia is one of the best drummers going, but goddamn man, I'm allowed to be impressed by things every now and again. Uh, What I felt Korn have always done quite well and also like flowed into this as well. They're really well flowing groove to their music. You know, in the past, you look at songs like Insane, Here to Stay. That might be the song I was trying to talk about earlier. Right now, All Day I Dream About Sex. The flow between the musicians and Davis as he's um, singing or rapping. It just runs so smoothly. And I know they are like a professional band, band, a band of professional musicians it's to say it's almost effortless, but it just it it is a different kind of thing where it just feels so fluid and smooth. And on on the nothing you've got songs like this loss and gravity of discomfort that are on par with those sort of songs. They just play along so well and easy, despite lyrically being darker than an orphan at Christmas. This is a really strong album. And it's raw emotion that is turned into aggression combined with that trademark groove of the band. Um, and it's meant that people are saying this is the best Korn album since Issues. And that was, what, 98, something like that? Now I can't comment on the 2000s, al- 2000s albums because I've you know, barely heard any of them. But I definitely think this is their best song of the 2010s. Um, yeah, as much as I like Paradigm Shift and as much as Corn 3 it's got soft spot because it was the first album of them that I heard in full. Easily by far and away, just how heavy and how intense this album is. Definitely best song, the well, best album Corn have done since 20, um, but in the 2010s And if nothing else, it's just astounding that nineties new metal bands are making fantastic music in 2019 it's a bit bonkers but you know we keep talking about static x having a new album out soon fucking good luck following corn and slipknot that is a new album from corn it is album number 13 um it is called the nothing do check it out just make sure you don't listen to it happy because fucking will in that mood on to the surprise just the surprise of the week um, it is album number three from the Atlanta, Georgia band Microwave. And the album is called Death is a Warm Blanket, which it's a really, really cool album title. Um, up until now, so the previous two albums, of which I recognize one of them, they're like the name Microwave I never really recognize, but going through and looking at Spotify, their second album, which I forgot the name of already. I looked at it and like, oh shit, I remember like, meaning to listen to that years ago. Which apparently got really well received, so fuck me, right? Um, yeah, so up until now, they've been very much placed in the category of emo. Um, a little bit of hardcore bleeding through, so if you want to be pedantic, they are classified as emo core, I think I saw written down somewhere. Um, but for Death is a Warm Blanket, I think... The core sound they've gone for is grunge. Oh, so much grunge, and it's great because grunge is in a bit of a renaissance at the moment. Um, you've got bands like Milk Teeth, Bully, Musket, Citizen. Um, you had Super Heaven before they split up a couple of years ago. This nineties aesthetic that's bleeding through into like you know fashion and just like general. Um, nostalgia in various media is now bleeding through into music and it's making some fucking great music as well. So now you have Mike Quay, who, like I said, came in from an email background prior to this album. And I like, had a quick skim through their back catalogue um, whilst reviewing this One Blanket and the opening track, Leather Daddy. I feel like it acts as a really good... And a really strong transition song or like an evolution sort of thing from their old sound into this new one because it starts off quite eclectic and quite clean and then it more just erupts into what's now gonna be their new sound of just breaking your nuts in. Um and similar to literally everything else, it's a whole week has been fucking sad lyrics, Jesus Christ. Um it's a very dark and spiteful album lyrically. Vocalist Nathan Hardy has apparently been Dealing was a pretty shit hand these past few years, uh, mentally, physically, and financially, and the lyrics reflect this. "Float to the top" seems to sing about the lethargy that comes from depression. You've got "Leather Daddy" that reads like a chilling commentary between a struggling, struggling couple. Excuse me. Uh, "The breakman has resigned" touches on his physical illnesses a bit before going a bit more into the financial troubles that have befallen. Nathan, as well as the rest of the microwave. And it's so interesting because all that anger and aggression that the band must have be been feeling since their inception, um, it's now surpassed the feeling of being solemn and regretful and a bit doom and gloom that more befits their emo sort of sound, And now it is just refined, pure rage that has now... In this weird grunge structured hardcore that is just insane. Musically, I was trying to think of a band that had, com- had combined so many different styles of music at once so fluidly. And it's kind of like a dark, evil little brother of Marmosets or older brother. I can't remember which bands came first. But the way Marmosets blend like math rock, post hardcore and alt rock into this like really seamless genreless mesh. Microwave do a great job of doing that but just all like the darker side of things. Um, the shoegaze verses on float to the top, meandering away into this huge, hugely impactful chorus. Songs like The Breakman Has Resigned and Mirrors are almost touching on sludge metal in the thick, encroaching wrist backed up by just a fucking disgusting Disgusting bass tone from Tyler Carr. He carries Mirrors the entire way through on his back. Um, the same way... like Check My Brain by Alison James would be fucking proud of that level of bass in Mirrors. And a title track... Well, I'm considering a title track. Um, just absolutely RIP3 with the most aggressive solo I think I've heard all year. And... I saw... Like a name like microwave is not going to exactly bring up the most metal thoughts in my head, the most hardcore thoughts in my head. And looking at the album art, just thought. And I saw someone else describe it as grunge, and I thought it was just going to be like Nirvana worship. The level of heavy and the level of aggression in this album was something that I was just not expecting. You know, I've got a, I keep a list of albums that I'm due to listen to and towards like middle of the year i start putting like a basic genre next to each um, album so i know how to arrange and how to group and etc and from that, i if i find like a it's especially helpful if i just go into bandcamp or something like that and just find a random band that i've never heard of and i can just look at them and 6 months later when i finally get around to it i was like oh shit it's a black metal band doing it like that like, I'll have an album pop up that's got, like, death metal next to it or post-black metal. And I know it's going to be a brutal album. It's going to be a heavy album. And so, you know, you can brace yourself for that kind of thing. This came on with the label of just grunge. And I just didn't know what to do because, like, I think the first time I listened to it, I was at the gym. And I just had to stop. It must have looked like a right dick. But I just had to stop and take it all in because it's just fucking insane it's incredible and you know lyrically it's just welcoming how honest it is not saying how you know corn they he was hiding behind metaphor and soliloquy and all that sort of shit but the song like uh, this lyrics been stuck in my head all day do you murder me in your lucid dreams oh god i hope you do uh, we used to be the five or whiskey weekend warriors fucking hell, how does he sing that um weekend warriors but now it's monday tuesday wednesday i don't know if i'll ever be sober again and then back to the state to a constant state of crisis because what do you do once you're safe and you find that everything you want is everything you hate fucking oh my god like shit and it's not again it's not hiding behind metaphor or um Substitution or anything like that, it is just like in your face. Nathan saying, You know how shit it's been? Well, I'm gonna fucking tell you. It is, I've described it as whimsically cathartic at times, at the best of times, but you still got a song like Carrie, which could easily make this album into like a massive radio hit. You know, like never mind the chorus to like Brakeman has resigned, I fucking love that song, and part of it. Harry is a brilliant time capsule from 90s alt-rock. And similar sort of thing to Jonathan Davis, I sincerely hope all of the band, especially Nathan, they're all well now and they're all, you know, a better place and that the next album won't require so much trauma to be just as good. Because let me tell you, this album is fucking great. I already like order that it. It probably... Is going to be a top twenty album for this year, a very high top twenty as well. I recommend it to anyone who's got a fleeting interest in in punk or grunge, just in alternative music, which is hopefully why you're here. But nevertheless, Microwave. The ba- album is called Death as a Warm Blanket. is out on Pure Noise. Pure Noise doing great work at the moment, and yes, definitely check it out. It's fucking incredible. And Finish up, but there, The to finish the week, and hopefully the last time I'll ever have to walk, talk. We're gonna move on to we're gonna go to Benson, Minnesota for what I cannot believe is the fifth album from Tiny Moving Parts. The album's gonna be called, well, the album is called Breathe. I genuinely thought when I found Tiny Moving Parts last year, I found a cool new band that no one had ever heard of, and it was on their debut, and I could see them evolve and do stuff like that. No, I've missed. Three fucking albums. I almost missed this. Um, if you have never heard of Tiny Moving Parts. They. At the core. They are emo math rock. If you know what any of those things are. Um, but nowadays I've seen a lot of people. Describe them as more. Of an emo shred hybrid. As opposed to math rock. And I'm not quite sure where that line lies. But I do know that Dylan Matheson. I hope that's how i his last name. His guitar work is just mind-boggling it just truly is um which i will discuss a bit more in a bit but first like i said i first became aware of tiny moving parts um after finding swell early last year and like i said i thought i found this really cool unknown uh band that i could brag about how hipster and cool i was the fact that i found them and they were going to be the next big thing they were going to be the tits as it were um as it turns out like i said i missed three albums beforehand that's on me And I am such a big fan of Breathe. By by the way, Swell was fucking great. Like, holy balls, it was good. Um, And I became such a big fan of Tiny Moving Parts, and Swell was so good that I only realised a week before Breathe came out that there was a new album on its way. I'm just a really, really big fan. Um, I also found out recently that Tiny Moving Parts are Microwave toured recently, and I'm fucking god, I missed that. I missed it by a week. It was in Birmingham, but still... Um, the Midwest Sky opens up the album in the exact same way I'd expect. From Tiny Moving Parts, um, Dylan Barking, uh, lyrics over some trademark Woodley guitaring. And I just, to take a minute about those guitar lines, I cannot fathom anything he does with the guitar. How, how I don't understand how he thinks of those sort of guitar lines. I don't understand how he writes them. I don't understand how he plays them while singing lead vocals. Like, what the fuck, dude? What, how, why can't we have some talent? You've got to just hug it all. And another trademark of the album, which starts become very apparent by track three, Medicine, is that Breathe is just littered with massive massive choruses uh light bulb is the big pop punk chorus that blink when it two have been desperately languishing for for years uh medicine despite touching on dylan's anxieties about mortality it's just a massive bop um soft spot the other day i had work uh, nine half or some box like that for the entire shift for the entire seven and a half hour shift at work i could not get the fucking chorus of spot out of my head. And, like, I don't have... I'm in a job where I can't just quickly go to my phone, listen to the song, get up my system and move on. I had to sit and languish with this song in my head and I forgot to listen to it while I was on a break as well. So I came back downstairs thinking, oh, what was I meant to do? Wait, I was meant to listen to my phone. Why was I meant to listen to the song? Oh, the song's back in my head. Neat. It was the weirdest circle of hell I could have ever imagined. And, you know, like, Swell didn't exactly lack in earworm songs or infectious melodies you know malfunction still holds up incredibly well but breathe is just it is a completely different level it's really embraced a more pop punk version of itself if that makes sense there's a bunch more harmonies and deep dives on the like emo pop punk kind of stuff Vertebrae and soft spots stick out the most in that regard. Uh, Lyrically covers all the usual bases that you'd expect from a Nemo album. You got songs about love, breakups, um, and the relationships in general. And they are side by side with personal experiences of the band, particularly of Matheson. Really hope I am getting that right. I've also spelled it wrong in my own review, even though it's right there. I'm smart. Um the aforementioned anxiety about mortality is. In medicine? No. Yep. Medicine. Got it. Um, I can't shake is all about the first time he experienced a panic attack after what he described was a uh, caffeine overdose, which is didn't realise that was a thing. I drink a lot of energy drinks. Should be careful about that. Um, this is every bit as good as an emo album should be. You know, it's on the surface, and I'm pretty sure, certain I've said this before. On the surface, it is at times painfully catchy trust me painfully catchy and just in general enjoyable music with the little vocal hooks that you can cling on to for dear life and sing along with but you investigate the album further and you like deep dive into the darkness of the lyrics and you see the lengths it took the length it took to get to this point um you know, like I said a couple of times lyrics this week have been bleak as shit. Because apparently all the best things come from sadness, but that's not the point. It is fantastic, this album. It's been a great week, a sad week for music. Holy crabs. Um, the album is called Breathe, it's by Tiny Moving Parts. Again, I feel that this is the most. I've seen a lot more talk about Breathe, even though I only realized it a couple of weeks ago. I've seen it since then, it might have just been because. I finally started paying attention but there's more talk about breathe than i previously saw about swell so i'm hoping this like more pop punky sort of guys they've got on is really going to help them explode and i think they absolutely deserve it once again tiny moving parts with the album breathe and that will do it for this week i hope you've enjoyed it as ever we talked about black futures corn microwave and that they tiny moving parts Next week, I'm hoping to go through the Menzingers with their brand of Heartland Rock slash Evo. Chelsea Wolfe, who, who seems to be doing a bit more death-folky kind of stuff as opposed to a usual doom metal shtick. Blink-182, we all know what that is. That's not going to be fun. I started listening to it today. I got halfway through and I switched it off. And we've got The Who. The Who. The Who. The, the it's H-U. To me, that's The Who. But is it? Either way, Mongolian folk metal with um, throat singing in it. I heard one song previously called Yuva Yuva Yu, I think. And it was fucking mad. Mad. So, yeah, it's probably going to be a lot of fun. Do feel free to come say hi on the social medias at Desolation Pod. I'm always there. I might not seem it, but I'm always there. And something I should have talked about last week. The new um, Spotify playlist for September... Is oot let me break into my phone so I can tell you all the great music that's on there because I think last month although I wasn't around that much last month, there's a lot of good music from last month. So we have the likes of Cal decapitation Dinosaur Pileup, uh, Ghost with that new Kiss the Go Go songs fucking class. Um Hawkeyes still listen to Hawkeyes for Jesus Christ. Uh Lepros, Minor Love, Numenorian. All sorts of great stuff. There's even um, Post Malone in there as well because I'm trying to listen to more normal music for some reason. It's all there. Come say hi or don't. I talk to myself a lot and I will talk to myself again next week. See you all soon.